Welcome everyone, welcome to... Oh god, I didn't even say welcome properly. <laughs> welcome everyone, welcome to... Oh, review yourself. For once, just once yourself. Uh, never, you know what I'm like, I don't, fucking hell, what's the matter with me? Two seconds left, let's have a drink and let's just... <laughs> oh shit, honestly... Maybe I should have had a drink. That might have helped. Yeah. <laughs> right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to oh, Review Yourself. Can't wait to find out what the German for pumpkin is. Why is <laughs> that? You'll find out. I'm joined by Lassa from Fans About Films podcast. And we're reviewing the classic Sleepy Hollow. Welcome, Lassa. Ah! <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> just because I've been fucking up my introduction for about five minutes. Only to you didn't need to spoil this one. <laughs> take, take five. I just wanted to do. Um, I just wanted to um, say one of the film's most famous quotes. Oh yeah, I, no, you, yeah. I was going to say and by a Hessian, no less, but Hessians are part of Germany, I think. Is yes. it Hesse? Is that that the area? Yeah. Some of my first listeners were from Hesse. Oh, that's funny. I know. No, literally way back when, when Germany first popped up. Hesse. So. Hessen, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Hessen, sorry. So you can't even say it probably. It just say Hesse when I'm on. Is that how it's pronounced? Hessen. A Hessen, yeah, yeah. And uh, when you are from there, you are a Hesse. Ah. Strange why it pops up as Hesse then. Oh, God well. knows. Yeah, come for the films, stay for the mildly entertaining banter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the post tagline for this film was Heads Will Roll, which I don't know about you, Lassa, but I thought that was like, cheap for this film. Like, you're better than that. You're better than uh, that. I don't know. I think it's in keeping with the intended tone of a movie. Oh, is this going to be another one where you don't like it? No, no, no. On the contrary, I really, really like this movie, but uh, it certainly goes for a specific tone, which you kind of have to get when you go into it. Yeah, that that's true. That that is true. Uh, the film's directed by Tim Burton. It was released in nineteen ninety nine. It's set in New York City, and then Sleepy Hollow in eighteen ninety nine. And I just I love this time period, like on film. I think it's so underused. It's used too often for like, oh, like you know, I don't know, like marriage stuff, like Pride and Prejudice and stuff like that. Like it needs to be used more for stuff like this. It, if I if I made decisions about what films are going to be made. Yeah, I mean, recently, um, last year, the, the first season of The Gilded Age released, and that takes place in New York during the 1880s, so just a little bit before this one. So it, it's coming back in a way. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I mean, we had, a, I don't know about over there, but here we had an absolute glut of kind of, when Downton Abbey started, there was an absolute like run on like costume dramas. Oh, you're so sick of them, honestly. <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of Downton Abbey and uh, The Gilded Age was a really nice replacement after that one finished. It's more than a replacement. It's something similar, but still different. Julian Fellows. See, I, I'm yet to catch up with Downton. I think I've seen the, like half of the first episode. And it didn't really grab me, but 
I do need to give it another go. But I watched the follow-up he did to that. It wasn't a follow-up, but it was like a similar kind of way of doing it. He did the Titanic in 2012 for the 100 Yana. That was that was that was piss poor. That it really was. <laughs> what a mess. Uh, if you want to hear me whinge about that, go back and find way back when. Go back a year and a bit and find that to find those reviews because I reviewed all four episodes. And it got worse each episode. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I like as well with the period that they are either English or Dutch or there's the, no Americans because there wouldn't be. Yeah, it, it's still very um, fresh in a way. Like you, you still have this like melting pot atmosphere to these different places where you can still point out the their their um the places they originally are from or at least their ancestors yeah yeah absolutely anybody who doesn't know the story i don't know where the hell you've been but um <laughs> it follows ichabod crane a constable he gets sent from new york city to the quiet village of sleepy hollow where there's been a series of beheadings the villagers say it's by a headless horseman the young constable's quite sceptical. He believes in science, or at least on the surface he does. He believes in science, won't have any like stock with spiritual things, which at this time, I mean, would have been an awful lot more prevalent than they are today. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And he's also got a bit of a thing with pathology as well. Oh, yeah, sure. Cut him up. Are we heathens? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, plenty of that. The, that, I love the opening scenes in in the like the prison and the courthouse. You have um, what happened to him? Nothing's uh, arrested for burglary, and they're just kicking down into the cells. And the Alan Armstrong from the Mummy Returns, uh, yeah, new tricks. He's like also, good good work. The second time he shows up in one of our reviews because he was also in Van Helsing. Yes, yes, he was. We also have one of the coppers is played by. Uh, Grantly Budgie from Waterloo Road. The actor is Philip Martin Brown. Christopher Lee, who the first time I've watched this film and realised he's basically wearing a Dracula costume. Yeah, and also there's this Hair. one, there's this one angle where the the wings of the eagle behind him kind of look like they belong to him, like they they are shown over his shoulders, and oh. you kind of have this, and, and that is something that kind of happened by accident on set, where we saw, oh wait. This is uh, this is a nice angle we can catch here, and then they filmed it this way. <laughs> nice, I never noticed that. I'll catch it next time I watch it. Oh yeah, it's really nice. It's like the, the last, um, the last shot it, of him. Oh, it's like, it is you, Ichabod Crane. Where he, yes, like, looms over him like he's a kid. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I love that bit. He's like, stand down. I lo- yeah, it's, it's it's a good scene. Yeah, and that is also the that casting is an indicator of what this movie is supposed to be. Because yeah. it is uh, clearly an homage to the Hammer Horror films, like from the 70s and 80s. It's obvious that they try to recreate the feeling of a classic Hammer film. And the casting of uh, Michael Gough and Christopher Lee, uh, they are very big indicators of what they're trying to do. Yeah, you get Martin Landau in, in an uncredited um, cameo at the beginning. He's the guy who gets decapitated right in front of the pumpkin. Which is yeah. apparently from the night before Nightmare Before Christmas and like that. Um, so, so I see. I didn't want to ask this too early. You can save it, right? We'll save it till later on. Okay. But so, so pumpkins in 
England are called pumpkins. In America, for Christ knows what reason, they call them jack-o'-lanterns. Uh, why? I don't know. I mean, at least when they are in their, you know, carved Halloween-y form. <laughs> they, still, they, they still call them pumpkins when it's just, you know, a pumpkin. <laughs> what, so... See, okay, oh, right, okay, so they call them pumpkins when they're just a pumpkin, but then yes. when they carve them, they're... It's a, it's a jack-o'-lantern when it's, you know, when they carve it and put a candle in it. Well, who the fuck's Jack? Who's Jack? What, what's all this? It's, that, is, uh, that is also based on kind of like a weird folklore story of like uh-huh. a guy whose head gets replaced by uh, this this thing and then and he's called like Jack-o-something and then it's, it's turned into Jack-o'-lantern. That's actually how kind of like what Jack Skellington's name from Night Before Christmas is based on. Right. I still need to see that. It's another one I need to see. <laughs> I said I've got holes all over the place. So yeah, you you mentioned the cast. We've got Sir Michael Gambon as Baltus Fantasso, Miranda Richardson, who's just brilliant in this, as Lady Mary Fantasso, Richard Griffiths as Magistrate Phillips, Michael Goff or Alfred from Batman, came out of retirement to play Not- Notary Hardenbrook, which I remember. The, the names, I haven't even written that down in the names. Of the characters are just absolutely brilliant. The Widow Winship. Uh, yes. Uh, Sa- well, this is the Sarah. She's got the boring name, but she has quite a decent death, so we'll let her off. Um, <laughs> and the, the story of the horseman just is, is absolutely epic. You know, when they're talking about you, and, and Sir Michael Gambon narrates it, and like uh, there were Hessian, uh, or German, if you are from a part of Germany, horsemen, mercenaries that were sent over to keep America under the boot of England. <clears throat> we'll move swiftly on. And they sent over. <laughs> They sent over none other than Christopher Walken. So, uh, how on earth the English lost sending him over? I, who, who knows? But uh, so he, that's a joke, by the way, anybody. It's sarcasm, <laughs> right? Sarcasm. Um, and they sent over a seed of evil. And he was killed. See, when I watched this film before, like you, and I don't know why I noticed this time, probably because I was paying more attention. The dates, it's only 20 years ago. I thought, when I, when I, th- when I've watched it before, I thought it was like 50 years ago, like really way before, even yeah. though like she sees him when she's younger. And yeah. So yeah, Christopher Walken, who I think you see as this Hessian, um, just like decapitating people, fighting, riding into battle. And I love, I, and I can't wait to kind of chat about this, but I love the bit where it cuts back to Johnny, uh, to Ichabod Cray and Johnny Depp and the, the cup and saucer he's holding, they're just rattling. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, he's not, apparently when I was looking at the trivia, he's never watched this film because he doesn't like the way he acts in it. He he doesn't watch his films. Period. Basically. Oh, well, to be fair, that's fair enough. Because because if it was just this film, he chose not to watch. I'd be like, really, Johnny? Really? The Room Diary? All of all of them. Secret this, Window. Yeah. No, no. It, he, in general, he doesn't watch his films. He doesn't. He doesn't quite like uh, seeing himself on camera. Uh, so, so that's fair. Yeah. Originally, he wanted. Try being a podcaster, Johnny. You got no option. You've got to listen to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listening, on, listening to himself is maybe something different. Uh, but he originally he wanted to play this role like much more goofily, like um, having. He wanted to make him weirder, having like a long nose and big ears, like the Ichabod in the Disney cartoon. Yeah, and well, someone in the, in the book, it's like that, isn't it? Because it's I, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Irvin, uh, it's uh, Washington Irving. Yes, who wrote the book. 
the original. He's apparently very yeah yeah the legend of Sleepy Hollow. But and apparently he's very he's like lanky or uh, sorry really tall and skinny, and he um, in that he's like unattractive. So he's not only unattractive in personality, he's unattractive to look at. But then Tim Burton was just like, look, like your character's going to be unattractive through the way they act, not the way that like you look. And didn't kind of want that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the this also is an indicator that this is a Hammer homage because they changed the plot quite drastically, uh, which is also a staple of the Hammer films when they did their versions of Dracula and all of that because the, the plot is far more complicated and layered than the original work and the production design is very rich and detailed and the color palette is muted except for the blood, which has that trademark bright, almost neon look about it. Mm. And it looks fake, you know, but that's the point. And so, do you know why it looks so? Why it looks the color it is? Because they filmed they filmed the whole because of the color they're going for. They filmed the whole film with a muted with a with a blue filter over the camera, which yeah. meant that to get the blood to look red through a blue filter, the blood had to be like or bright orange. Yeah. So I mean that probably explains why it looks the way it does in the film. Which is yeah, 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 and that, that's something they did deliberately to to give it that uh, hammer look. That is a very, very um, recognizable look when you go back and watch some of those movies. How how the blood looks uh, that that's very distinctive, and they captured that really well. Also, in terms of how uh, how the sets are lit and designed, and uh, yeah, but but the, the plot is is very, very different. Um, where in the original, for example, he's not a constable; he's a teacher. The or have you seen the Disney cartoon they released with like Ichabod and Mister Toad? I I don't know. Is it like modern Disney? Because if it is, no, no, no. It's it's like one of their earlier films. It's like the the like fifth or sixth one. I'm not quite sure. I really but no, it's like no. kind of like a double feature. Like the first half or something is is the you know Wind in the Willows basically, and uh, it's, the, it's the second one. What? It's what? What's the second one? Uh, 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 Wind in the Willows is the first oh, one. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, Wind in the sorry, sorry, yeah. And and the second one is um, you know, sleep, their version of Sleepy Hollow, and it's you know, Ichabod is a teacher and he's goofing around in the town. He has this like uh, a Brom is is kind of like his uh, you know, they they're fighting over a girl basically, and then someone tells him the creepy story of Sleepy Hollow in song form. And then he makes his way home and he gets attacked by the Headless Horseman and and flees. And the, the whole chase scene uh, with the Horseman, it's like, I don't know, like 10 minutes or something. And it's such in such a tone, and I'm sorry I have to bring it up again, but I would be very surprised if Sam Raimi didn't watch this cartoon and based his whole Evil Dead style on that sequence. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's fine to bring up Sam Raimi. It didn't bother me. Um yeah, uh, my point's gone. No, no, I've not seen it, but uh, I'll I'll have to see if I can find it. Yeah, I, I mean it's on Disney Plus. So if uh, yeah, I got rid of that. It was I watched. Ah, okay, but um, I think if you just you know if you just want to watch the Headless Horseman sequence, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It's it's, it's worth for that one. But the rest yeah. is also really entertaining. But yeah, it, it's it's very interesting also that they uh, managed to do it quite. Creepily, there are even some references to to the cartoon visually because there's the the scene where um, Ichabod Crane is scared away by a fake headless horseman, which 
turns out it's it's uh, Brom, the, the the friend or even like fiance of the of Christina Ricci, and he has this burning pumpkin in uh, in his head or jack lantern or whatever, and he throws it at the camera. And that shot where he throws it at the camera, that's straight up from the cartoon. Right. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. And and speaking of the attacks by like the horseman, even though that was a fake one. Like the deaths are just fantastic. CGI is used to good effect with yes. practical. Uh, the cast, I mean, if you're from like the UK, you, you'll be able to recognise a lot of people in this. You've got Claire Skinner uh, of the TV series Outnumbered, and she's been in all sorts. Stephen Waddington, who's been in all sorts on television as well, but he was in, if we're keeping in tone with this film and the setting, uh, he was in Jamestown that was on Sky One for a couple of years, uh, I think three series, I think, which was all about the Jamestown and when they landed in America and stuff like that. And so, uh, yeah, because that's another thing, when, when their family, they play the mom and dad, uh, I think she's like the nurse or something, isn't she? A midwife or whatever. And then their little kid. And that's pretty, I mean, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead a bit, but that that's pretty ruthless, that scene. Like, how often do, do you see a kid killed in a film? Yeah, and that is also something that Burton kind of wanted to do deliberately, where he was kind of like he, in horror films, like kids are mostly spared, and and he wanted to kind of take a jab at that and say nobody's safe in this movie, to kind of um, raise the stakes in a way. Normally, I don't like it when 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 kids uh, get you know into peril like that, but here it's you know it, it happens off screen, it's kind of implied, but it's still a little cruel. <laughs> Well, but also, the so first time I've watched it where I thought it doesn't make an awful lot of sense because when, uh, what's her face, uh, the the wife, when... Miranda uh, Richardson. Yeah, something Van Tassel, whatever she's called. <laughs> or Katrina, no, uh, whatever, whatever. When she when she says at the end that she's, why she's killed everybody, she said, oh, I killed the midwife because she told me, like, what a goose. She says something like, oh, she told me, uh, like about whatever was going on, and a hus- right in front of her husband, so they had to go. I'm like, so the kid didn't have to die. If the kid wasn't, they didn't hear it. Then yeah, exactly. It's, it's because it's, it's nothing to do with their will. But I don't. I mean, it, so it doesn't make sense. But whatever. I mean, the it, only it's kind of to maybe like to to throw us off in a way because right. uh, which which is funny because right after that they give us a clue. It, I love the scene where you know the horseman he he exits the building and he just killed three people, and. Uh, no, Brom attacks him, like shoots him from the horse, and then uh, the headless horseman gets up and walks towards him. And you think, oh, he's gonna kill him, and then he just walks past him. Yeah. And just when he's attacked, then he fights back, and that is such a great visual indicator that oh, there's something else going on here. He's not killing randomly. Yeah, yeah, and oh, I had a point there. Let's book it off. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's gone. It was a good point as well. <laughs> Look out what it was. Um, oh, yeah, yes, that was it. So the only other film where I've seen the death of a kid, although it's more graphic than Sleepy Hollow, is in the Shining sequel, uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Because I was trying to think of us. I mean, it's not a particularly nice thought, but just in terms of films, I was thinking, have I seen that before? And I, like the only one I can dredge up is that one, really. But uh, yeah, that's also a very recent movie. Uh, yeah, twenty nineteen, I think. I yeah, yeah that pretty. One. I really pretty, liked pretty. it. It's it's a re- it's a really good movie in my opinion. Yeah, the, the director's cut I think is even a little better. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that is a that is a gr- great example of where where it doesn't feel exploitative, where it's it's it it feels like okay, we want to show that these are these creatures are cruel and dangerous and all of that. And yeah. It's it's used to an effect where it doesn't feel like um, exploitation or or a cruel thing for the audience in a way where it it feels unsettling in a good way but also yeah it's it's horrible definitely <laughs> yeah it's unsettling and horrible but crucial to that world not put there as just a shock factor it it fits with the world i think that's that's the difference isn't it like if something is there to be like look there's no holds bars with these guys that you, and and this is what we're going to show you but we're showing you it for a reason and it'll come into play later you're like oh fair enough whereas if it's just there for shock value you're like, well, did that really need to be there? And that's when you cross that line of like artistic to just like not exploitative is the wrong word, but just like shock for shock's sake. And that's generally shit films that do it because they've got nothing else to do. Uh, Jonathan Masbeth, who's played by Mark Spaulding, who was also in Tomorrow Never Dies, the Bond film. See if you can spot him in that. Oh. And yeah, and he gets like killed. He gets chased down, and Ichabod Crane does this really like insensitive kind of trotting along. He the killer rode Masbeth down, turned and came back for the head. And in the, I look, but I love the bit before that where he says, "Did you move the body?" He's like, "Yes." He's like, "You must never move the body." He's like, "Why?" Because and he just <laughs> he doesn't have an answer. He's just like, "Because," because it's not like today where they you know they've, they've got procedures to follow. It's very much like well, we know that from the beginning where the the, he, the first time we see Ichabod Crane, he's pulling a a a, a dead guy out of the Hudson. Oh, yeah, he kind of rings the bell. And then the guy's just like, Alan Armstrong's just like, burn it. <laughs> like, and he's like, hang on. He might have been dead before he went in the water. Yeah, that's good yeah and in the sequence where he um, sees the decapitated body first, it's um, some of some of his deductions are, are kind of like, okay, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. But when he just, he, he, he puts like some kind of powder, like, like he, he, he empties a bottle of some kind of powder and it, uh, has this like chemical reaction and he said oh this means it was a single hit in the neck and i'm like i'm pretty sure he's bullshitting them where it's like how why would this have a kind of reaction i think this is just a powder which which steams by itself and he just wants to uh you know show off a little bit (laughs) who knows because there's that line later on where after he's seen the horseman kill uh, Richard Griffith's character, and he's just like, he's just like, it was a horseman. He was headless, and they go down, and he's just like, I think he he says this is a Baltus Van Tassel. Michael Gammon's just like, we we need somebody like we need a proper policeman. <laughs> I can't remember what his line is, but he's just like, yeah, we need somebody better than that type thing. Said in a much classier way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a really interesting angle of like sending this man of logic. Uh, also, like at the brink of a new millennium, uh, into this world of ghosts and goblins, uh, in a way, I, I really like the, these kinds of stories, where someone who is just you know uh, totally uh, within the world of logic yeah. and he thinks he has everything figured out, and then he's confronted with something he initially doesn't understand, and he has to deal with it in his own way. And you know it it scares him and it makes him nervous, but he overcomes everything. And I really like this kind of stuff, and I think it's it's used to a pretty good effect in this one too. I mean, kind of early on, 
I mean, it's uh, the first time we see him as the headless horseman. It, it takes a little while. It takes uh, it takes until the the death of Richard Griffiths, which is like twenty minutes in. Because before that, we don't see that he's headless. We we just see this this figure on a horse, and they don't show you know him above the shoulders. So it, it's not quite the only thing that's supernatural. Before that is when the fog kind of turns into hands and puts out the torches. That's the only supernatural thing we see, mm. which is an indicator of, okay, what's going on here? But, but but everything else is kind of like, okay, this could just be some, you know, random murderer. True. But every time the headless horseman appears, lightning yes. strikes before he comes. So it does feel very... Um, it's very gothic. Uh, it's very obvious to say, but it's... But it's 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 a very well done film. You've you know you've got Peter Guinness who's uh, been absolutely awesome. Casper Van Dien of Starship Troopers fame plays Brom, and he I, I wrote when I watched that I thought God he fought really well like he fights the he 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 fights as well as he can and almost you know well he can't kill him because he's already dead, but uh, before he's like finally vanquished. Um, but I just I love and the use of noise in this film as well. You've got the noise of Especially when the family get killed, you've got the noise of the headless horseman spurs on the wooden floorboards. Oh. I love stuff like that. And then you get it again later on, where just when the fight Brom, before Brom gets killed, and you hear the, that noise of him coming over the bridge, but he's not on the bridge. Then he drops down from behind him, and Ichabod Crane gets like flipped over. Um, there's a, a tiny bit of dodgy CGI there, but I let him off. And and then you get obviously Brom fights as well, and it's it's. Yeah, it's great stuff. I just love this the not just the look of the film, but the the sound effects for it as well. I like the the sound design. I mean, it's so great. Yeah, the, the neighing of the horrors, the uh, the sound when when someone gets decapitated, or just the fighting. Uh, yeah, his, Shoom, his the noise, oh, of the his, sword. His, his boots, the thunder, everything, and a, a great. Also, what what works greatly is the the score by Danny Elfman. I think it's some of his finest works. It's it's largely monothematical, but damn, it, is it used well? It it's so it's so wonderfully done. It's quite iconic. I think if you played it, I would go. Oh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's, ve- it's it's very distinctive. Yeah, it's funny this film because it's one of those films where I think in the wrong hands it could have been such a cheese fest. Like, it could have been horrendous. But it's Tim Burton, so it's it's you know, and you've got Francis Ford Coppola as one of the executive producers. It's in good hands. Yeah, yeah, it's it's produced through his uh, American Zoetrope company, which was saved from bankruptcy thanks to the '92 Dracula film uh, Coppola did. And this one has kind of like a similar a similar look in some ways. Like it kind of looks like it could take place in the same universe. Yeah, is that the Gary Oldman one, the '92 one? Yes, yes, that one. Yeah, yeah. And, and that one is also a very specific movie where you kind of have to know what they're doing because that is just this like huge homage of basically cinema, like the history yeah. of cinema in terms of what techniques they use and how it's shot and how it's acted. It's it's this like deliberately old-fashioned movie. And, and this one, while not as like theatrical and in your face in that regard, it's you know, it, it it's still in a similar ilk. Yeah. Love never dies, Lasse. Love never dies. <laughs> that was the tagline, by the way. If anybody's anybody's wondering, whoa, this is taking the turn. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's certainly uh, in terms of like the marketing. And this the the idea for this movie it came from Kevin Yeager, um, who did the who later on became a uh, like special effects guy, and he also did the special effects for this one, like the gore effects and all of that. And he fell in love with the tale as a child, and he later found success in Hollywood as you know as the makeup artist and all of that. And he worked out a screenplay with Andrew Kevin Walker, who also wrote David Fincher Seven. And uh, Paramount got the rights, but it took a few years until Burton signed up, who, whose two prior films hadn't been financially successful, Ed Wood and Mars Attacks. Like, I, I like both of those films. I think Ed Wood is one of his best movies, but it, it wasn't a financial hit. And yeah. after, and this came out because Wes Craven's Scream uh, was a success and kind of put horror back into the mainstream. Where it was like, oh wow, people people like this horror stuff again. And then they had the screenplay lying around. And also, what helped was the success of Seven, where it's like, what else has this guy done? And then they uh, took the script and the projects, uh, you know, they became into motion. And the studio considered Burton as a director who had been the producer's dream candidate since day one, actually. And uh, Burton, before this, he had just finished his pre production work for Superman Lives or Reborn or whatever it was called. But which died before lives, the actual production began. That was the Nicolas Cage one, right? I think it was Lives. Sure, it was Lives. I think, yeah, it was something like that. But yeah, that, that one had like one year pre-production and then it got cancelled. And then Burton, like after this year, it was like, okay, now I don't have a movie to work on. And now he was free again. And after he took Sleepy Hollow, the script was briefly touched up by Tom Stoppard to add a tiny bit of humor to the whole affair. And in case that name sounds familiar, Stoppard also wrote Shakespeare in Love. Yes, and he's also done a lot of things to theatre. Um, yeah, certainly a name, and uh, this, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it certainly like Tim Burton took on this project and uh, no, it turned it into one of his films basically in terms of yeah. the casting. There were several people who have worked with him before. I mean Johnny Depp, of course. Um, he, he, there's, there's another guy. Who, uh... yeah, it's funny you mentioned the tone of the films. Uh, feel free to cut back in if you remember the guy. Um, but Mars Attacks, I was thinking, what like that has it to shame it wasn't successful. I mean, it's a cult film, I think, like at the box office because that has an effect on this film. Not only does it mean he's available for it, but also it has a similar, very, very, I think most Burton films do, they have a very specific tone that straddles various different kind of genres, if you will. Mm-hmm. And also how it affected this film was after the kind of reaction to some of the special effects in Mars Attacks, which I, I, I wouldn't say were terrible. I just think it's very much of its own look. It's very much a send-up of certain B-movies and stuff like that, but whatever. Uh, they they scaled back the use of them in this. He was like kind of haunted a bit, no pun intended, haunted by the reaction of um, what what people had said, you know, the reaction to that. So he was like, right, right cut it back then. And he basically went completely the other way. Like they built a complete town in this. It's just absolutely beautiful looking. Yes, they 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 built this like outdoor set in in England, even though it takes place in New England, uh, in in Buckinghamshire. And the interiors were filmed in the London Leaveson Studios. Yeah, and there are a few scenes where they film outside, but Burton wanted the movie to have like this old school atmospheric feel, so he. So they built a lot of outside locations in the studio. Yeah. Yeah, the only scene that was filmed anywhere near the original Sleepy Hollow 
uh, location, town, um, in, I think, Upper State, New York, I think. Yes. Uh, was the opening scene, apparently. So there you go. That okay. Yeah. And it, okay. Yeah. Uh, Makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I didn't notice on the book in your show. I thought it was... Oh, right, that bit. Okay, right, right. Because I was going to say Leafs and Studios isn't in Buckinghamshire. It's in... No, 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 no. Like, they, they, of course, they had to move for the for the interiors. But yeah, when you first see that, like, outdoor set when Johnny Depp arrives, when the credits are rolling and he, um, you know, walks down this path and it looks it looks amazing. Like, the the, the production designer, Rick Heinrich, he, he got an Oscar for this and, and rightly so because, like, he is a longtime collaborator of Burton and um it, it's amazing that he was awarded uh for 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 one of his works uh for for this specific director because yeah the the, the look is, is is just absolutely wonderful it, it it looks so rich so detailed and it's still very it still has like this this very bleak look about it constantly but everything just comes together visually so well I think Lassa likes this film, everybody. I'm, I'm not used to him enjoying films this much. <laughs> I'll pick one he likes. It's good. And it's uh, no, I, you're right. It, 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 no, it is. It's great. And it's g- given that, the, I mean, this is made 1999. I mean, this is such an old fashioned film in the best possible way. It's just like, and especially the way that Burton's gone recently. I mean, dear God, that I haven't seen it, but I didn't want to see it. What was it? What did he do? Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, yeah. Jesus, that looked horrific. Oh my god, the CGI looked just, just It's really disgusting. ugly. Just disgusting and like, oh mate, have you run out of ideas? It's a very right. ugly movie, but I don't I don't blame him entirely for that movie. That's not just mostly like the the Disney machine and the terrible script and he's just kind of like the the, the goon for hire. Well say no, where... just say no. Especially now a director like him, just say no, no, I'm not gonna do it, thanks. Sam Raimi should have done the same. He should have said the same for Doctor Strange or whatever it's called. You should have said the same for that. Like, nah. Oh, I'm I mean, doing, Doctor I'm not Strange doing this, is like crap for you. Sorry. Doctor Strange, I didn't mind. Like, when you want to see like basically an equivalent to Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland with Sam Raimi, you should watch Also Great and Powerful, which is kind of like a kid's version of Evil Dead Three: like Army of Darkness. <laughs> that see, that sounds interesting. At least it sounds interesting. I mean, yeah, but but certainly, like you 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 see some Sam Raimi in there, but I think he was able to put a stamp on Doctor Strange Two much better. Yeah. There, he had a little bit more freedom, I'm guessing, because with with also the Great and Powerful, it kind of it, it kind of feels watered down uh, for for a lot of it, and the the acting is not that good. So yeah, yeah I, I think he had a little bit more fun with Doctor Strange. So. Yeah, mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's. I mean, you know, the directors, you know, they, they 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 need work from time to time, and sometimes they have to take on projects where they kind of, you know, they have to do them to make money. Yeah, and... do they? Do they though? Like, do they really? Like, not not to get. I'm not trying to get in the politics, politics, politics of it because I don't on this show, obviously. But like, th- these aren't people who. Th- these aren't normal people. They're not paid what normal people are. are most people, I should say, are paid. So like, it's like it's like it's like when oh the need to do a film every now and again. I'm not having to go at you by the way. Just just the argument or like the, or the discussion. You know, in terms of like oh well, they need this and they need they need that and you're like, do they really? 
Yes. Like they got paid twenty million like dollars for the last film. What, what, what do you mean they need to do another one? They actually, they actually need. They actually need to do it, yeah. I mean, and sometimes they just want to. Sometimes they just, you know, I, I I like the work. I like to hang out on a movie set and all of that. I just like the creativity. And when it when that means that I have to, you know, kind of turn the other cheek uh, in in a creative way, then then so be it. And, and yeah, but they're, Burton... but they're crea- but they're creatives though. Like they should, sh- like they shouldn't. They should never just be like, well, I'm just doing this for the money. And I know some like they do. I mean, Michael Caine and. Jaws the Revenge is a classic one. He's like, I've never seen the film, but I've seen the house it built. It's beautiful. Yes. But I mean, yeah, certainly, certainly actors we, much more. Like, also, like, actors, like, they, they need to work even when you're, like, you know. this class actor who has a lot of money. Like, and with directors, like, you have yeah, certain types of directors. I mean, now, you know, Brad Ratner's cancelled, but he is or was, like, one of these directors where he's basically, like, from drop to drop, where they were, like, we need a director for this. And he's like, I'm free. And then he just directs these very various projects where it's like his, his filmography is kind of like all over the place in terms of what kind of movies they are. And same with Joe Johnston, who did, you know, a, a variety of different Jurassic films. Park 3, we know what he did. And didn't he do the... No, that was Rob... I was going to say the mummy, uh, the third one. Oh, no, 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 that was Rob Cohen. Was Rob but Cohen, he did yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He did yeah, the first Captain America one. movie. Um, he did like the reshoots of the Disney film Nutcracker and the Four Realms. So uh, uh, Joe Johnson is this one, and he did the the Wolfman um, remake from 2010 with Benicio del Toro, which also had Andrew Kevin Walker as the screenwriter, Rick Heinrich as the production designer, and Danny Elfman as the composer. <laughs> oh, so yeah, the 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 same friends. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. See, my last point on this, and I'm not having to go at you. I'm I'm not. Because we wouldn't, oh my god, wouldn't talk for very long if I did. But I just mean like, I, for me, like I know every film can't, isn't going to be the best in the world, and there's always going to be like trash films, right? But films for me, it's meant to be an art form. It's meant to be art. It's not meant to be just something that's churned out. Like just oh, we'll need another one, so get the get the you know get the get the kind of whoever's free how they can do it and oh we've we've put together some shit script and oh yeah we've thrown a few superheroes in there and yeah you know the plebs will come to sit god i'm really kicking off on this what's the matter with me <laughs> do you know what i mean like, yeah do you know what i mean like yeah okay maybe that's a bit strong it, yeah it was a bit strong i don't but you know it's like it's supposed to be art it's supposed to be an art form of like these people, are, like, this is supposed to be like their, their dream. Well, I don't know all of them, but this is meant to be like their dream. And they get, God, God knows they're getting paid enough for it. So, so I mean, at least at least give us your best effort. Jesus Christ, if I was getting paid so many million to direct a flipping film, I'd put my all into it. Even, you know, sometimes films don't come together like you want them to. It's just the nature the nature of the beast. But, good God, like, put your put your bloody, put some effort in. Like, fuck's sake, put some effort in, for Christ's sake. Like, I'm pretty sure most of them enough. do. Sometimes, I, sometimes, I, it's, sometimes it's just difficult because there are so many people working on one of these projects, and sometimes you know you have the higher ups kind of dictating what you're supposed to do, and you're kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best, but let's let's get this done. Let's get this done on time. Uh, you know, films are this weird mixture of uh, art and commerce, and you know, you all know that. And you I know, don't, some... I don't know how much art's left now, uh, Lasser. I think a lot of it's just. 
a lot of I think there's still like artful money is oh no though there are yeah uh, yeah I'm, I'm talking more kind of mainstream stuff but yeah no you're right there are awful movies coming out and even even with with mainstream movies you still have like you know artful aspects to pretty much all of them in terms of like like uh, costume design like maybe like how how certain sets look or effects and how the music is done and all of that there's always pretty much always an aspect of art like a movie has to be horrendously bad if there's like nothing artful about it and very few are that way where at least in some areas you can see the art you know like maybe not in the script or something like that but you know it's 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 a weird and difficult business <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes yeah, you manage I mean, to come through okay, and sometimes you kind of yeah. go under with a ship, and then yeah. you try with the next one. Yeah, you're more, you're a lot more forgiving than I am. Like I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I admit it must be difficult to make a film with the pressure and crisis amount of money that's involved and all these pressures and stuff. But they, you're not a nurse, you're not a doctor, you're not 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 you. Like, you, you know, this isn't life and death stuff. Like, just you know, like. It, I'm just. I argue it should still have like a bit of flair about it. Like, but I know with the way like some studios have got it, it's like we've got the script, we've got all the people lined up. You're gonna do what? It's a bit like football. And like, sometimes when a manager comes in, like I want to bring my own creative team, I want to bring my own coach, my own backroom staff, and the club goes, football club goes, no, you're going to bring in. Well, it probably doesn't happen in Germany. That German football teams are miles <laughs> better. They're all like fan owned, and I love the German system. Anyway, I'll get sidetracked. It, but over here, sometimes like they're like, oh, I want to come in. It's happened with my football club. A manager said, oh, yeah, I'll come and manage. But I want to bring my own physio, my own backroom staff. And I imagine, and the, the club goes, no, you're not You're not doing that. You'll work with what we've got here. I can I imagine that, because I've never worked in films, I imagine films are probably a lot like that in, in a lot of ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I mean. I, so I'm it... trying to be fair. I know I went off on one a bit, but because I'm passionate about films, but I, I'm, just, I'm trying to be fair, so. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes it's, like, in terms of, like, you know, when they hire a, a director, like, kind of just hire him to do something, then usually that person is allowed to bring some of his flair to it and also, like, some of the stuff he usually works with. Like, he has to get some influence. Like, one of the, kind of, like, the exceptions is uh, X-Men 3, where, you know, going back to Brad Ratner, where that was basically ready to go with another director and then that fell through. And then they turned to Brad Ratner and said, look, we have the cast, we have everything here, please come in and do this for us, because this movie just, you know, it needs to be shot in time. And then, you know, with, with just no prep time at all, he comes in and, and you know, does his best, and a lot of people hate it. I, I, think, I think it's okay as a movie, but, yeah. you know, it, it certainly has some problems, but, you know, you can't, you can't blame the whole thing on Ratner, because look at the situation. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, of, of course, in, in situations like that, I would. Um, it's just situations where something just ends up being so poor, and you're like, "Well," because I, I don't, I don't think you should, you should ever just take it for the money, because they're not like they're not normal jobs. Like, I can understand why. Oh God, I'm, no, this isn't political; it's just real life. But you, you're like, "Oh, you need to pay the bills." You've, you know, you, I need a job. I need a job. I need to pay the bills, so I'll take this because it will give me that money. Not what I want to do, but it'll give me that money. Like that, I, that I can understand, but. To be fair, I'm talking about like major films here, so I probably should. Make yeah, that one. I mean, and, but, and we don't know the, the private life of these directors. Like, maybe like some of them are bad with money, and then we just kind of like spend it all on like an exuberant lifestyle. 
and then they need to do another project very quickly. Like uh, that, like there's like this movie called Red Planet. Who <laughs> I really like that one. I really yeah. that's a guilty pleasure film. It's which uh, director Val- was there? I can't remember, but it's Val- it's Val Kilmer, the late great Tom Sizemore, who's just yeah. passed. And who else is in it? I'll find out who the director is. Hang on. Oh yeah, please, because he's like you know a fairly prolific guy. Hang on a tick, Lazarus. Just uh, it's just brought up loads of things about Mars. I be go, here we go. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss, Tom Sizemore, Benjamin. Is it Brat? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Leonardo. Good stuff. Uh, Anthony or Anthony Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but who was who was the director? Like he did also Carrie. And, oh, Anthony uh... Anthony Hoff- Anthony Hoffman. That's the director. What? No, no, no. Then it's something. But I think it's something else I'm I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's another Mars movie, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Wait, let me. You're not thinking go. of the. You're not thinking of the Ridley Scott one, are you? The, the... Oh no, no. It's it's uh, uh, yeah, now I have to direct Brian De Palma. He did. Oh, the Untouchables. Yeah, he he did like several things, and uh, he did like some sort of Mars movie. Um, wait, let me quickly see that. You can you can cut uh, some of us out. Oh, sorry, I'm looking now. I'm looking now. That's why I didn't reply. Mission to Mars. He did a movie. <laughs> he did a movie called Mission obviously to. Obviously named flipping film, and neither of us can remember. I'm so but sorry. I've seen it. I did. I didn't <laughs> go on that mission to Mars. I haven't seen because it. I was like, but it's it's not Ghosts of Mars. That's strong Carpenter, and um, yeah, it, it was like one of us like couple of Mars movies which came out during that time. But yeah, that's 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 same year last now. same year to be fair. Oh, yeah. you see? So same, you know, I had fair play, yeah. What's when Mars was in? Get your ass to Mars. Is that is and... that what I'm saying? I've not seen it. No, that's that's a total recall. Oh sorry, I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah, fair play. I thought you <laughs> I was thinking why is he doing an Arnie? Was that Arnie a mission to Mars? I've missed this. <laughs> no, it's not. But yeah, that that was one movie which Brian De Palma did because he needed a hit basically. Where it's like, okay, this, this this seems like, you know, this seems to have like a mass appeal and I need yeah. something to make money. I've and, never uh, seen this. I've never seen it, but it's got Gary Sinise, Tim Robbins, Don Cheadle, Connie Nielsen, Jerry O'Connell, uh, yeah. Tim Delaney. That, if someone said to me, right, that's who's in it. The director's Brian De Palma, who did The Untouchables. I'd be like, yeah, I'm in. I might yeah. watch that, you know. So it, that was it... I, I, Sorry, I, I, I haven't seen it, but I know that was a movie he just had to do. Ah. Because because of like uh, you know because he needed a hit and also sometimes it's not just the personal financials which play a role in it but it's also because in Hollywood you are just worth as much as your most recent project and no, when but, that yeah, project is true, a fail yeah. then you know people are very careful to hire you for something again it doesn't matter what you've done before or what kind of person you no, are no no you're right yeah you're right I've been when watching... the last movie when the last movie you did flopped it, it, it's mostly blamed on the director, and then he, you know, he's kind of fucked until someone gives him a chance again. Oh, it can save you. So it's like uh, Robert Z- Zemeckis when he started, big name now, but when he, oh, maybe the nineties, but when he started, it was he had a couple of flops, and then all of a sudden he does Romance in the Storm, which is a great film, and yeah. that's a hit. And then because they took he, his two films were such a flop, they took him off Cocoon. They oh, took yeah. him off directing Cocoon. And then they were, he did Romance in the Storm, which no one expected to be a hit. And it was a hit, and people really liked it. They were like, oh, by the way, we've got this, I don't know, Spaceman from the planet Pluto, or whatever it was called, which turned into Back to the Future. 
So then he does. <laughs> he, so he gets given Back to the Future, which no one thinks that's going to be any good either. But because his last film, even though his last two before that were flops, his last film was a hit. But like, right, well, so yeah, it does seem a bit short sighted in that respect. Yeah, and sometimes you just are able to uh, coast on your like one hit you had forever. Like it kind of what happened with M Night Shyamalan in a way. <laughs> oh, that's harsh, Lasse. I, I know he had. I know he had more good movies than just you know the Sixth Sense. But in retrospect, Sands is, is unbreakable as well. They're better than the Sixth Sense in my eyes. I, I don't think. I don't think they're bad. You know, but um, it's it's certainly. Don't you, don't you lie to me, Lasse. I, I can hear the contempt in your voice. No, 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 no. Like <laughs> I, I like. I like Unbreakable, and I like Science. <laughs> even though I think Science is also like. It has moments of brilliance in it, and it's also incredibly stupid in other parts. Uh, that that's I think science is the point where his movies turn funny, where where it was kind of like okay, the the, the science, <laughs> no pun intended, are pretty much you know they they're showing the, the science are showing of where his career would go eventually. Really, and... I think that's his strongest film. It's, a, a it's totally fair. I, I still think there are some goofy things in it which which don't quite work. Huh. But oh, this is me. not. But this is not a review of uh, M Night Shyamalan's career. You, you brought is... M. Hey, hey, don't, hey, don't turn up. You brought M Night Shyamalan. You can't. You can't diss M Night and then expect me not to like. That's okay. In. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's. <laughs> it, 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 it kind of felt like to me, like like in retrospect, it, it kind of feels like that his first few movies were kind of accidents. Where 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 it's really it's it's really weird watching them now. Where it's kind of like wow, you know, this is this is a person who has a has a strong vision, who has something to say, and all that he knows what he's doing in a way. And do then you, it just kind of you know nose dives. No, you, you're right. But I argued, and this was a, a while ago. Was was when I was, I think, was it when I was this this might be over a year ago when I was reviewing, uh, what did I review? Uh, Inception with Savon from. Mm-hmm. From, uh, coffee and comments and i um he's also on youtube check him out he's great anybody listen he um his podcast i was he came on my podcast and we reviewed inception which i love and we got talking you know you know me i mean very rarely it happens but you discuss different things on my podcast right so 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 we were discussing uh christopher nolan now i argued back then and i'd forgotten about this till i was looking through some stuff earlier um earlier this week I think Christopher Nolan is starting to suffer from what I call the M Night Shyamalan effect. In yes. that his films have been spot on, like absolutely spot on. I mean, The Dark Knight Rises. People are I like I love it. But people are a little, I like it. People are a bit not really sure. But then he does kind of he does uh, Interstellar, which goes one or two ways with people. I think I, I think there's a lot lot of love for it, but then you know some people, you know who knows. Then he does. What did he do after Interstellar? He uh, did. Oh, oh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk, which I really like, but some people, a lot of people, I heard, a lot of people don't think an awful lot of it. Then he does Tenet, and it's like, and it, it, that was just a mess. And that felt like a little bit like, I think a bit like what happened with M. Night Shyamalan at a point where everyone thinks, and it's a bit different with Christopher Nolan, he's had a string of hits, so I, I know the analogy is a, a bit dodgy, right? I'm on shaking ground with it, but the last few films have kind of haven't impressed, and the last one was just a mess. Like, Tenet was a mess, and it felt like a director who'd basically been told, you've got carte blanche, you do what yes. you want, uh, and, and, and you, you do what you want, you've earned it, 
you know, I don't agree with studio interference, but they needed somebody, an editor, to say to him, Chris, like, right, yeah, okay, this is this is really good, and I'll back on something, oh, this is fantastic, but, and it'll look really nice, but we need to have, like, have you got a protagonist? Yeah, he's called a protagonist. No, 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 Chris, no. <laughs> Hang on a second. Like, c- 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 do we, does he have a character? Don't get me wrong. Denzel Washington's son, is it Irvin? John David. John David. Oh, Irvin, sorry, I'm mixing up the author of the Sleepy Hollow. Um, yeah, he was great in it. Robert Pattinson, I thought it was a fantastic Bond audition. And I was really excited. It was. And I was. he was the best thing in that film. He, he literally stole it from me. And I've only seen it once in cinemas. And then there was the bit later on where it was like, oh, uh, this would be great. I can't wait to see Bruce Wayne. If it's as charismatic as this guy, oh, it'll be spot on. And then we got gloomy. But I'm not getting into that. But it's just, you just, I feel like he's, he's suffering from that where it's like... It's I don't, I wouldn't say big headedness because I know that's fair, but it's where it's like they're at the height of their powers and and they did they're just like oh I'm going to do this and it's like is anybody there with him going are you sure about this because quite a few of his films he did with his brother didn't he like like wrote them with his brother mm-hmm. and recently that doesn't seem to be happening much Hans Zimmer's not around and the music's um and it's like oh Chris just because I I'm really like. I would usually, like with my history, and I love historical stuff, and nuclear stuff is really interesting, horrendous, but interesting. And usually I would be like, oh, my God, I can't wait for Oppenheimer. And you look at the, the cast, and it's just exquisite, right? And you think, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing, especially given most of them have taken pay cuts to be in it. You think this is going to be great. But then you see the trailers with this, the ticking clock and all these numbers, and you're like, oh, you're going to do something stupid. Some like, I know Christopher Nolan's thing's non-linear, right? But it's like, yeah, but you need to have a cohesive film with characters that we actually care about. But, I mean, Killian Murphy's in it, so he'll probably save it. But I'm really nervous about it. <clears throat> my voice went there. I'm really nervous about it, and it's like I shouldn't be nervous. I should be absolutely, like, it's my kind of film. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to watch it. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go like it opens at the same time as Barbie and just to stick it to him I'm gonna watch Barbie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and not 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 just because of it because I actually think like Barbie looks fun like like it could have the potential to oh, be Lassa, like a, no, no, a really fun and clever no, movie no, actually. No, because oh, I, Lassa, no. Yeah, because I like I like the director behind it I like the cast and I like the. The, the concept I can grasp from the clips I've seen so far, where it's kind of like if, if they have like a similar kind of if it's in a similar kind of ilk as like the 21, 22 Jump Street movies, this is going to be something really special and I'm here for it. And I, I also find it really funny that it opens simultaneously to uh, Oppenheimer because you know, it, it's kind of like whatever. It's just, will, will Barbie let, blow Oppenheimer away? Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to what? You know, it's uh, it's 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 gonna. I see the headlines when um, when uh, Oppenheimer doesn't meet expectations. I know what the critics are gonna write. They're gonna write, "It sucks." <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> Not gonna going for the obvious punchline there, but yeah. Um, sorry for the tangent. People. I don't really, I don't really get it. I, it went over my head that last time. I don't know. I, I mean, you're probably not good if you describe it, but I, I genuinely, I, I must be tired because that went right over my head. <laughs> right over my head. I'll probably listen back to it later and think, "You absolute fool." But uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. 
Sorry. But uh, back to back to yeah, yeah. Um, I was just about to say because I've got half a page of notes here. <laughs> yeah, got okay. A big um, big tangent. Um, yeah. But yeah, we already uh, briefly talked about the effects, and I like the variety of them. Um, I think, yeah. like for for example, like the exploding windmill is, uh, um, you know, a miniature, and uh, the CGI is used very well. But kind of like in 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 some in some uh, parts, it kind of like it looks cheesy, like when the witch turns into this like weird monster and her eyes and tongues come out. But it's looking, you know, it's a nice jump scare. And I like when the horse jumps out of a tree. I think that yeah. looks really cool and creative. And also, Why like. You have you have great effect of uh, in invisible CGI because you know the headless horseman that's that's a guy with like a blue cloth over his head yeah. and they you know they, they CGI'd out his head and it looks great. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, fully enough, like flower, which is because it's a flower mill, that, well, like a windmill, and like that is explosive. Like the dust can be very explosive, which I, I was surprised to learn. Yeah. So, and also, uh, fun fact, speaking of a Headless Horseman, because there are, like, um, two stunt guys credited for him, I'm guessing, like, one of them was the riding horseman, one of them the, the guy, you know, on foot and fighting. Do you yeah. know who the fighting uh, Headless Horseman is? Yes, I read it, but it's gone out of my head. <laughs> it's uh, Ray Park, Darth Maul himself. Oh, uh, that, that, I don't, yeah, you, I know who Darth Maul is, because I'm, you know, I don't live in a box. But uh, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't do um, Star Wars. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it just, you know, a lot of people know him from that. Oh, no, so. yeah, no, yeah, like 99% of people are like, oh, great fact, Lasser. But you've said it to the one person that's like, yeah, I don't really. If you told me he was in Star Trek, I'd be like, all oh, right, not the new stuff, it's shit. But the old stuff, oh, really good. Yeah, I'd have been, sorry, Lasser, I should have deserved a bigger. The audience will love that fact, though. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But, uh, and we have to we have to talk and we we touched on something that which didn't quite make sense uh, plot wise in terms of like when he kills the kid and all that. There's another point which which doesn't quite work in my opinion, which is yeah. kind of like I I you know I don't want to use like a term like plot hole or whatever, but it's kind of like a stumble uh, because the, the evil plan of Miranda Richardson doesn't quite make sense. Okay. Uh, if and here's why: if her whole motivation is to get the money of her now dead husband. Why did she pretend like the horseman also killed her? Wouldn't that raise a lot of questions among the townsfolk when she turns up again? Well, yeah, possibly. But for me, she could have just been like, "Oh, he didn't see me get killed." Yeah, true. But but she she, she what, makes the extra what, effort. She's gonna stay there though. Although I mean, but she 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 makes the extra effort to disguise the body of like the, the chambermaid or whatever. As yeah. her own, you know, she she cuts up her hand, and and that's also like the clue, uh, for 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 Johnny Depp. Where it's like this is not her body, because because the the wound doesn't was doesn't show healing and all of that. So yeah. that's a major hiccup. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. When you think about it, but yeah, who who who? But that's fine. You know, it's it's like this 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 uh, over dramatical movie and all of that you know you kind of let that slide when you're watching it just when you think about it later it, it you, you you know you're a little bit wait uh, but yeah. that, that's just a minor thing and um another thing which uh, i watched this movie first when i was like 15 or 16 like with one of my younger brothers where it was kind of like okay we're gonna sit down we're gonna watch a horror film and naughty, quite, 
<laughs> and it was quite the experience like uh, halfway through we turned the lights on <laughs> which was <laughs> just a little too spooky and um because when the when the mayor says like five victims and four graves and we know that one of them is a woman i figured it out immediately yeah like, yeah but do you know what i realized the first time watching this is because i always wondered why she stabbed in the stomach and i was like oh he's, he's like the horseman's done that because like, there was a baby there but then I read the trivia, and this is really dark. That it was to cap, it was to decapitate. What was that? I was like, what? I was like, so we've had a kid killed, and now you now the trivia is telling me this. Like, this is da- like it's one of those films. Like when you start thinking about it, it's like this is dark. This is really, really yeah. dark. Because what's the need for that? Like, uh, well, because. Well, oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go on, Lass. I don't want. I know. To, I know it, it would anything. have died anyways. So. Well, yeah. Well, and, and yeah. also when you know when you it, but... see she has a wound in her stomach, like is the, is the dissection really necessary at that point? Like for him being this brilliant detective, that he, that's kind of dumb. That, that it takes him this long to figure out, and he just you know I have to cut her up to make sure whatever. And it, what, it's a funny. What in it, God's name have you done to her? Yeah, that's a funny scene where he just, you know, Walks the out blood, blood squirts Yeah, but in why would the blood be spattering? Because she's, she's, although unless it's because of the supernatural way she died. Fair yeah, it's, it's just, but, you know, that's just for the yeah, movie. Yeah. It's just well, a hey, game. Hey, hey, Lassie, you get, you get to, you get to nitpick. I, I want to nitpick. <laughs> you get your fine. plot holes. Nah, go on, you're right. I'm and also, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going somewhere else dark with this because this is something I was afraid about when I first watched it because. Mm. When when Crane insists on of on operating alone, where it's like, please, please leave the room. I, I, oh, I, I, I where are you going with this? And I, I was afraid the first time that he would do something perverted with the body. <laughs> uh, um, right, yeah, okay. But just um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, like I said, I was like fifteen or sixteen, but my mind immediately went to something. Oh God, what's it, what? What is he gonna do? Please don't, please don't make me dislike this character. But when. Uh, it's just some kind of quirk where it's like, no, I need to be alone. Okay. Oh, thank well, God. Who, who is he going to have in there with him? None of, those, none of them want to go in with him. He can't take young Masbeth in with him, even though he's not young Masbeth. He's just Masbeth now. His dad's. Can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, mind you, whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, the, the, to be the, fair, the... mate, I, th- I thought it was going to be worse. I thought, I don't oh, know. Yes. Like, Thought it was going to be worse. They, um, they, they pull back in the right scenes where it's kind of like, okay, now we know this would go too far, so we push it just enough to get a reaction, and then we and then it's gone. I, yeah. I like I like it when movies do that when they are self-aware in that way. Yeah. So I, I I agree because there's a scene where where Masbeth is getting attacked, and you see here, and again, brilliant use of sound. You don't see the head of the running at him because, I mean, it, that's frightening, but it's not as frightening as seeing it happens with the uh, the, the Richard Griffiths character later on where it looks at his face, where you hear the galloping towards him. When he's coming towards Masbeth in that kind of like wooden watchtower they've built mm-hmm. and he looks out and you can see his eyes get bigger and bigger and bigger and then it cuts to like this wide shot of the village like settling in for the night and you just hear this gunshot of the, the one shot he manages to get off because yeah. of the time you need to reload and then, powder everything. And I, I love stuff like that. And again, a great use of sound. Like I like when films like, yeah, like you said, we're going to pull back. And it's funny because I watched Halloween, the 1978 last night. And that's the same. Like some of the deaths are pretty rough. 
and then other times it kind of pulls back and it's like yeah you you know yeah something is something's often scarier when you don't see it like but the draws effect you know and yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you see him running, and then at the next morning you see the aftermath of like this this watchtower just being completely destroyed, where you can kind of imagine what was going on during the night, and Ooh, where it's it like where, where yeah, yeah, he, where it's like um, where, when Johnny Depp gets his horse, and then you like someone gives like a warning shot, and it's like oh, the headless horseman has attacked again, and he's standing in front of just this obliterated pile of wood. Where where no. you can kind of and it's just it's a very quick far away shot, but I noticed this where it's kind of like okay, basically I, I guess I guess where horsemen just basically cut down this tower and then Mesbeth didn't have any other chance but just run. Do you know what? I always wondered that? I've never noticed that before. Yeah, this yeah. Why I love this. I might have my moans, but this is why I love doing talking about films. I've never noticed that before. I always wondered why Masbeth ran. Because thought he's been in this, like he's because I always thought it was a shot, and then he's ran. I always just think, what's he ran for? Because the minute he runs, he's dead. Especially mm-hmm. against someone on a horse, let alone a flipping devil one. Um, what, what's it? What's it called? The the, the horse? Devils? Uh, uh, oh, daredevil. Daredevil. That's it. And yeah, I've never noticed that before. I honestly, after we finish talking about this, I'm literally going to go back and find that frame because I have. Yes. Ne- that's a brilliant bit of trivia. I don't care. What if, I don't care what the audience think about it. I love that. That is. I've never noticed that before. Like never. See, I'm in a good mood now. See, see, I'm all right now. I've mourned a bit. I'm back. See, see what that. See what a good chat about films does. I love it. I've never <laughs> noticed. I'm, I'm. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I'd never noticed that before, and I've seen this film a dozen times. Easy. Yeah. I've never noticed that. I always wondered why he ran. Now it makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a very, very uh, quick shot, but you're gonna, you're, you're gonna notice it. And uh, yeah, it, it's really funny that Christina Ricci didn't become a Burton regular after this because she's kind of like the perfect actress for his movies. Yeah, it's, I know what you mean. Could you... It's really strange. Like they, it, it took them until Wednesday that they teamed up again. Is that the Netflix one that's just been? Yeah, up? yeah, the Netflix. She's in the Netflix one again. Oh. It, it's it's also like part of you know because she was the the the, the movie Wednesday for a few years and uh, yeah, she, and she plays family she, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, she she plays a different part in in the in the Wednesday series. But yeah. you know, it, it's clearly meant as that, and and there's more to her role than you initially think. But I was also kind of glad because oh, finally she's in another Burton project again. Took them long enough. It's so weird because she's so such a good actress for you know for the stuff Burton usually is going yeah. for yeah it's funny two seconds last one I need to go to the toilet sorry I've uh, okay. I've had a really you might have heard it in my voice it's a bit croaky and it keeps <laughs> going like that and I okay, keep just keep let, let it keep rolling well uh, yeah alright two seconds man. Be back yeah. a sec. sorry for my morning earlier <laughs> In seine zwei Bergen und dem tiefen weiten Meer mit viel Tunnels und Geläusen und dem Eisenbahnverkehr. As long as, no, as long as that's not massively offensive, um, that's saying it. <laughs> oh, damn it, re- no. It's been recording. Oh. You said to just let it run. 
Yeah, that's true. I just I was just thinking that maybe you would I I don't know I would be finished uh, before you came back. <laughs> no, no, it's all it's all offensive. It's a it's a it's a children's show song. All right, okay, fair enough. That's pretty <laughs> <laughs> quite apt, quite apt for this conversation, given the amount. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a uh, perfect family movie. <laughs> I mean, there are children in it, so not for very long. <laughs> there's a love. <laughs> there's a love story. Everything. Uh, but, uh, yeah, of... yeah, that's another thing. Love story. See, this is the first time I've watched it. Pro- probably because, like, I mean, like for you know, watch analyzing it, if you will. This is the first time I've watched it where I'm like, mm, I'm not sure I'm sold on like Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci in this. Like, like I'm not, I'm not sure I'm sold on it. Like, she doesn't do an awful lot, does she? And I, I don't think it's her fault, but I, I don't mean, know. there's there's uh, there's more to her role than than we initially think, and there's also like a twist where we kind of think, oh, is she actually evil? But then it turns out no, she isn't. She was trying to protect him, which is nice. But it, it's kind of you know, um, he is kind of um coming out of the shadows in a way and uh, realizing that there's something missing in my life in a way. And she finds like this, this kind of like this lost soul in the, in this dark rim world, which she, you know, kind of can uh, protect and care for in her own way. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's something that's kind of like obligatory for a movie like this, but I think it's still done, you know, nicely enough where it's just kind of through circumstances. They, they find each other, and, and she, she's promised to someone else who gets horrifically killed. And she she mentions him once, and then she's kind of over him. But there's yeah, like a little, yeah. a little bit of a time. Bit. I love a that little... bit. It's like she's like he comes back, gets taken to the bed, and he she's like he's like I am here, and you have lost your brave Brom. And she's like I have I have wept for Brom. Yeah, but I, I shed my tears my, for him. Yeah, but my heart is not. Oh, so I was why was I going to do it in your accent? But my heart is not broken. But yeah, I don't know why she 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 kind of she says that, and then you're like, right, well, that's pretty quick, given it's been like about twelve hours, if that, since he was, you know, probably, but you know, it's, sliced in half. It's also a different time where you can kind yeah. of you can kind of think that maybe it was supposed to be kind of like an arranged marriage yeah, where they yeah, didn't know each point, other yeah, that yeah, well. Yeah, it strikes you as that, as that kind of as that kind of place because especially as they're all like they're all intermarried, not well, not not in a dodgy way but they're intermarried because of the small community and stuff like that um what was i going to say i can't believe we've got over an hour into this review yeah well, still even, and we're even still though, not quite done well no oh god no i've gone for three hours before but, but i just <laughs> meant in terms of i just meant in terms of we've got this and it probably when i edit it it probably won't be over an hour but uh, at this point but when i can't believe we've got this fight in the review and we haven't spoken about probably like one of the best death scenes I think you've ever seen in a horror film. I, I don't care. I'm standing by that. Michael Gambon's character's death, death in this. Oh, I, like, love, I love, it. love that scene. The whole scene, the build up, they all rush into the church. I love scenes where it's like a last stand, you know, where you've got like men outside firing, like everyone in the church. And then you see that brilliant shot. Like, yeah, it's CGI, but it's, it's it, the CGI stands up really well. And I'm, you know me, I'm quite harsh on it. He throws the axe down and it just dissolves because the 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 horseman can't like enter holy ground, and it's like oh don't you worry. And they have that fight in the church and the actors are going at each other. He whacks him, kills him with a crucifix. He shoots him. It's like a Mexican standoff with a. Cru- it's like oh, it's almost Rodrigo, uh, Rodrigo, uh, Rodriguez or yeah. Tarantino esque. And then all of a sudden, it just it's just. John Carpenter four eyes in and it's like bang 
this, this like you see him outside. And, I mean, when I first watched it, and I can remember when I first, I was like, "What's he doing with this?" Because he takes like a fence post and he's tying a bit of rope around it. And Michael Gambon's like, "Get away from me!" Even though I'm like, "Well, you've just shot him in self-defense, but whatever." And he's like, "Get away from me! Get away from me!" And then he stands on like the altar and not like oh, like a I can't remember what they're called where you're above it. a pulpit. Oh no, well, you, like you're raised anyway. I can't remember. What yeah, called. yeah. Indiana Jones goes up one in Last Crusade. I can't remember what that's called either. <laughs> and I keep it related to movies. And all of a sudden, this is like through the window, smash. It goes straight through him. And all oh, the effects, absolutely fantastic. She screams. Johnny Depp's like, whoa. Uh, does his best Keanu Reeves impression. And then <laughs> it just gets like ripped out. And, you, and like the stunts and how they did it, like, because it looks real. He's getting dragged across, and Michael Gammon clearly was having so much. He was like, Bleh! he's like poking his tongue out, really having a good time with it, and then he gets decapitated. And apparently, and I love this when I read it, uh, Michael Gammon asked if he could have the head that they made <laughs> uh, because when he got invited to things, he wanted to send the head. <laughs> I, just think, I just think it's brilliant, like send that in instead. Um, yeah, I, 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 so I, I love that. Sorry, Lazzy. Yeah, I, go on. No, that does. That is easily, I think, the best death scene. When when it when we watched it, uh, me and one of my brothers, and and that you know, and then he gets uh, impaled. That was such a great like shock moment, and it's so incredibly cool when he when he gets pulled out brilliantly edited too, yeah. like like with the right amount of uh, of time and shots and all of it. Oh, it's so so good. It I I yeah I, I love it too and. Uh, Oh damn! Yeah, I I love it when you know sometimes we have like this 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 these dark comedy bits where like when when Richard Griffiths, uh, rest in peace by the way, when he gets yeah. uh, decapitated, his his head um like spins for a few seconds. Yeah, rolls down the hill and ends up between Johnny Depp, uh, between Ichabod Crane's legs. Yes, and, and then, then he then the he pieces it yeah. with a sword and takes it away, and then well, he I faints. used the I used the gif today on on Twitter for, for yeah, I saw it. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, that, that'll do it. Uh, that's, no, one my, I, that's one of my favorite uh, yeah. bits as well. Yeah, that, that's really, really nice. Um, yeah, that, that a lot of pretty uh, pretty cool deaths. It's, I think, think Brom's death is really cool when you see from far away when he gets cut in half. Yeah, but again, it's it's done in like a shadowed way. You can't, you know, it's it's done in an old-fashioned way, isn't it? Like like a Hammer horror film would, 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 would be because they didn't show... The blood and guts, and I, I, it's a it's a great death, and it feels like we haven't really got to know Brom, but it's like oh, what a shame because he, I mean, he he doesn't. I don't know if he knows, but family's just been massacred, and he's clearly trying. He's like, I'll get him, I'll stop this. And even though you know, Ichabod Crane's like, he's not he's not here for you. And, yeah, yeah, he he he, and he apparently, tries to be the, the heroic guy. Yeah, and, and, and fails. Yeah, and apparently when uh, when Casper Van Dien was doing. That scene, just as they like, they went. Oh, just as they started that three-way fight, where and again, it just like the fights are so inventive as well. Where he gets the sickle in the back or the side in the back, sorry, and the fight, either or, and the fighting, and right at the start of that, he broke his left index finger. Oh God! And he didn't want to like be taken out of that scene, so he just kept going. <laughs> so apparently, he fights that scene, and it's in the film with a broken finger. Oh, and fights that, that scene. And I'm like that because he thought, well, if I tell them, then they won't let me do it. And then time constraints, they'll probably just cut me out of it. Well, probably not out of it completely, but you know. And I thought, like, I, you just think, bloody hell, that's 
guy's That's a trooper. A guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah spe- speaking of, because uh, Johnny Depp did his own oh, stunt. When you, he... Do you know what? You, you missed a trick there. Yeah. You said, what a trooper, and I was going to say Starship Trooper. Oh, fuck. Bloody hell, Lasser. I thought that's what you said. Speaking of which, I thought, oh, he's going to say Starship Troopers, and he's not doing it on Johnny Depp. I thought, Lasser. I'm sorry. I don't know. Really but okay, yeah, you're fine. absolutely right. Now, but because marked. Johnny Depp did his own stunt when he gets dragged by the horses near the end, which is like, which is a really nice, like when he, when kind of like the, the, the axe breaks, and he and he falls down and gets dragged. Like the 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 carriage comes this close to just roll over his feet, mm. and then when yeah. he gets dragged further, like such 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 a great scene. Like that carriage chase, uh, wonderfully done with also some some humor in there. And he fights him off with uh, with his back and all of that. Like it's such a such a great scene all around. And um, there, there's another funny trivia thing mm. because on the DVD I have it has a section in the special features that points out numerous mistakes and goofs in the film. Not really? Yeah, including the specific clips. And I've never seen the special features of a film actually doing the work for the nitpickers among the viewers. <laughs> like, for example, I think they talk about like um, how Christina Ricci rides her horse. It's not uh, time appropriate for a lady. Oh, and... yeah, she's got one like an eat on the side, doesn't yeah. she? It's stuff like that, you know. It's very, it's very well, like, that, and also, that bird thing that wasn't created until like about 30, 40 years later after the film, you know, that where you spin two pictures and they go into one, so stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Uh, another goof is like, you know, when, when Johnny Depp tries to cut open the tree, like the, the, the blood changes position on his face, but it's kind of like, you know, that's 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 common in movies, like just this simple, you know editing uh continuity mistakes whatever you know I, I usually don't care about the stuff but it's weird that they have a section on a dvd that points that stuff out <laughs> yeah I, I quite like that i quite like the fact they do it someone clearly was like yeah okay um yeah so and we get this backstory which is very very tim burton-esque he did it in you know charlie the chocolate factory with again <laughs> oh, with, the, with the late great christopher lee uh the last time I saw by cusmins like these. Sorry, I think that line's great. And yeah, <laughs> but that is that is the most nightmarish sequence in the film. Like, and that that is the teeth. That is they the... shot the teeth from the inside. That's ingrained in my head. That oh, that 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 stuff. You mean yeah? But but no, yeah. I mean the Sleepy Hollow sequence. Oh, sorry. When <laughs> he when she's in the Iron Lady and it opens and she, oh yeah yeah the uh, things she, on his hands as well yeah 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 and she she comes out and it's like blood everywhere that was the point where me and my brother stopped the movie and turned on the lights before we continued watching <laughs> yeah that sounds yeah that sounds about right I mean it is that's I mean they have this thing about his dad and it is his dad apparently but I don't think they tell you in the film that he was it's like they a, they he. No, no, he he says uh, murdered by my dad. So, but oh, we, does he, oh, sorry, does he? We find that out after that nightmare scene, where we right. probably, where we properly place. Okay, that's his father. And yeah. there's there's another f- fun visual and sound thing they do when they Did, show well, like are you, the last part. Are you part. saying that first bit was fun? Because it wasn't. That bit <laughs> where she's in the thing. Sorry, no, no. <laughs> I mean, the, there's there's this thing where you know we see the last portion of a nightmare when his father like goes through the church like out of a basically torture chamber and he um, goes past the camera and then he's his back is to the camera and it looks like he has no head and his steps sound like the horseman's steps 
which I think is really nice, where like the the reality of the current nightmare is creeping into the nightmare of the past. Ah, this is why I get guests on because they come up with stuff like that. It's great. <laughs> it's pretty obvious, I but yeah, I, yeah, I, no, yeah. I really like that uh, how they how they connect it visually. Hey, Lassa, I'm English. I don't always see the obvious. All right, just. <laughs> I'm That's just talking true. fun. <laughs> See, I never agree with him when he's like, "Well, I'm German." And I never, I never go into it. But I take one pop shot of the English, and he's he's on it like a dog on hot chips. Honestly, it's disgraceful. Um, what are we? Uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, the, uh, dragging myself back to the film again. But there's there's the bit where he he says to Katrina, I think he says, "Villainy wears many masks. None so dangerous as the mask of virtue," which is. A very very timely it's always been timely but a very timely kind of thing to 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 think about and then but then there's the funny bit again with christina ricci's character and she kind of goes off him and i'm like mate if you accuse her dad of multiple murders she she might go off you a little bit i mean i'm, I'm just wouldn't i mean because he seems kind of surprised and he's like right he's he thinks she's evil because she's done this evil eye but then it turns it's out like, it's a good thing it turns out it's oh no it's to ward off evil spirits all right um, and apparently, speaking of like fun trivia, the "Watch Your Head" line was apparently ad libbed by Miranda Richards. You know what the woman in the back? She's like, "Watch your heads," and I'm like, "Yes, that is yeah." Um, it's so we talk about like the blood and the film, and we've got people being to- like tortured to death off screen, kids getting killed off screen. Um, you know, blood, gore, heads rolling, heads in a tree, blood full of a, a, a tree full of blood. But all this film, right, a guy gets cut in half. The lot, right? The worst part about this film, the very worst part that makes you absolutely, it's toe curling. It's the, it's the, when the headless horseman gets his head back, CGI is all right. It's held up okay. It's the bit after that when Miranda Richardson wakes up, uh, Van Tassel, she misses Van Tassel, she wakes up on the horse and she has this like randy looking Christopher Walken with, nail razor filed down teeth and then they have the kiss oh my god that is the worst bit of the film that kit that is oh it's just like oh it's no it's awful absolutely awful. i mean i mean uh you know he's uh, do you mean awful in terms of like you you don't like for the film did that or do you no, think awful no no it... no no it, it fits it's just like oh god. it's gross like, you it's... mean no, it's 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 pain. It it feels pain. You know when you watch a scene and it fe- you, it feels painful, like because he's basically biting her face. Oh, that's what you mean. But when you mean painful in the right ways. Well, I... well, it's kind of like you know. I, if, if at first it sounded like oh, it, yeah, it it's effective. You... It's effective. It's effective. In the yes, film I thought yeah, it, yeah, it yeah, made yeah, you like cringe yeah. in the wrong way or something. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. It's just like it's like oh dear god, oh no. It's like really that... great how he. Yeah, oh it is. But takes it's... her to hell and uh, yeah. <laughs> the fi- the finger curls. Is it? Oh, so oh, wonderful. And then he faints again. He, he, he faints, faints like five times. In she movie. faints twice. Oh no! It's Sorry. it's like it's I think it's like five times actually, um, because it's also like it's like no, twice. No, no, no! He... I mean, she faints twice. Uh, Christina Ricci's character she faints in the church, and then she faints somewhere else. Oh, when but... she sees her, you look like you've seen a ghost, my dear. Like that's when she floats in. That's brilliant. That bit where the reveal she's still alive, and she like she wears these really big dresses, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. The, the, the the like her stepmom, and she float. She almost floats into shot. 
from like this dark to light. Like it's brilliant shot. Like, I love it. After, and then she's like, she's just so like, oh, my sister. And then she's like, oh, the, but there was a body. She's like, oh, Sarah, the, the, the maid. I always thought she was looseless, but she had a purpose. And you just see that bit. And she just swings the axe. She's like, bang. Like, right, you, you're not messing about, are you? Like, you are not messing about. Oh, and then. Yeah, it's also like brilliantly edited where it's like beat, beat, beat. Like, yeah, cut, yeah. Uh, head falls in the basket and the body uh, flops <laughs> to the ground. It's, it's, it's so well done. Yeah. And then the, the bit where, I mean, she cuts her hand while she's, you know, getting off with whichever character it is. And yeah, it's all. It feels it feels very well put together. I know you know you've talked about the you've spotted everyone's phone and pointed out the fact that it doesn't really work. But I'm joking. But uh, no, if you don't think about it too much, it works. But because like and it happens most times. I watch this. It's like right, you're overcomplicating it now. You needed to simplify why you killed the people. Because I'm like, because that bit where she's explaining, it's like I killed him because him and killed him. And it's like right, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Like, <laughs> yeah, it it could be you know it, it it could be a simpler plot in terms of just you know having the the headless horseman this demonic entity which comes to life on his own to kind of take revenge on the people who live there. But you know, it, it turns out he's he's a pawn used by a witch. Yeah, and, you know yeah. that's fine. It, but it, it it's also in keeping with what we're going for in terms of the hammer homage because those yeah. plots also were kind of like that. Yeah, no, no, it's it's spawn. He, he is a he is a pawn. That's that's a perfect way of putting it. And it's funny because it's like, yeah, he's dead and he was quite evil. But the biggest evil is one who lives amongst us, and it's like, oh, it's, oh yeah, 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 it's it's uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it, it it plays with these like uh, you know old fears and uh, yeah, but like the biggest monster is is you know it, it's the humans. <gasps> that's it. I can't believe we haven't <laughs> we haven't mentioned it, but yeah, the, the bit well, yeah, the shining's the, does the same message, doesn't it? But the uh, oh that bit where the mom gets her head chopped off. Well, the the dad fights and she she hides the kid under the floorboards, and then a red you hear her head get chopped off, and then her head rolls along the floorboards and her eyes come arrest in the gap and she's staring at a kid, like I, that's like oh god this is like really did you have to do that? <laughs> yeah, and also right before that when he when she kind of like um when she turns off that nightlight and it's just all this like scary stuff where it's like cats and. And witches, witches and often I'm yeah. ki- and I'm kind of like you know this is kind of I, I guess you know kids can be into this kind of stuff but that's pretty scary you know something to 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 go to go to sleep to <laughs> yeah but then just before he comes in just before he appears they shut in the house to start attacking the family it shows on the wall it's like knock before entering because she's a midwife and then all of a sudden it it pans to the door and the door's just like. Just yeah, that's, those are like the you know the humorous bits. They kind of yeah, it is end. a humorous. It is a humorous film, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. It, like, it, it sometimes you know sometimes you know it, it's 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 absolutely it's like deliberately goofy in parts, but they're also like a, a pretty a couple of like pretty good gags. Like some of them dark and some of them you know a little bit more yeah. lighthearted. The, the young Masbeth has some good gags as well. I think he says, "Who wants to come with me in the woods?" And he's like, "Me." And then yeah, the one. like he faints again. And he's like, "It was a horseman. He was headless." I love that scene. I like, <laughs> and uh, he's just like, and he's and he faints. And he's like, "I guess we'll be we'll be off to New York then or something." But uh, so. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. It's a it's a great film. It really is. Yeah, and I like that they um take him with them at the end 
where it's kind of like he he's gonna be like kind of like a half foster child half like i don't know in a way like a servant i'm not quite sure but 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 it's nice but also you know a better life is waiting for him and also like the last scene where it's just you know it's much brighter um you have a little bit uh, more color here and there it's it's like this this kind of like you know fairy tale ending uh, yeah. which you know it's and it, it has a lot of elements of like a dark fairy tale and most fairy tales are dark anyways but you know it, it it's going for that uh, weird tonal uh, mixture and a mixture of influences yeah. and you know they're you know there are movies which can make it work yeah. and i think this one definitely makes it work when you are able to kind of you know when when you're not nowadays when you're not expecting something akin to you know other mainstream horror types like like the conjuring films which are more like crowd pleaser movies where it's basically Actually, you know, i really like the first one I've only just I, I like i like the first and the second one i didn't watch this, the third one because that's not james vaughn directing so yeah. is that the skip. animal one or the third one Oh no, it's 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 the actual film like Conjuring, oh, whatever. Right, okay. But that was a different director, and no, I'm not watching that. But you know, I, I like those movies too. But it's a different kind of horror there. Where nowadays, when you watch Sleepy Hollow, it's more morbid and moody than truly scary. Yeah, but I, I think yeah, I yeah, I know what you mean. I was going to say then. Um, I was thinking for our for our next review that we go kind of similar but different at the same time. You. I, I, I bet you've seen it. I bet you hate it because I don't know many people who like it um, or who have seen it. The 2003 adaptation of The Time Machine. Yes. Guy Pierce. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, I watched that. I quite like that one. I'd, I'd be interested to discuss that one if you if you. If I don't think. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's awful. I just. I just certainly think. And, and also, I don't have any connection to the original, so there's nothing I can be like be mad about I, I just watched different. it i've seen the original as well rod rod taylor yeah the, the i just watched good. it as a movie yeah. and won an oscar for best uh visual effect if i remember yeah yeah, yeah. The, I, the I just watched is good i just watched remake as a movie and not a remake and so i was oh yeah like, okay. yeah it's very different it's the same it's based it's like an adaptation of a book but but you know you know what i mean it's not a, a remake of the film if that makes sense and fun, funnily enough the director is like it's related to the author Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I don't. I think Simon Wells or something like. But he's oh, actually. Oh, H. G. Wells, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, and he's he's related to like he's like the the, the great H. G. Wells was like his great great grandfather or whatever. Oh, yeah. So that's that's really interesting to me. Good, but yeah. also, think it's kind of like a marketing stunt, of course. But you know, hey, it's a fact. So yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good <laughs> film. I quite enjoy. Yeah, but then you Nicholas Cage, you could say, you know, Nicholas Coppola, couldn't you? But he, you know, he wanted to get away from that, so. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair, and also like another connection because now Nicolas Cage is playing Dracula in a movie which is coming out, and uh, his, uh, you know, and uh, Coppola did a Dracula movie, so another connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Renfield. That looks like it's going to be good. I um, think it, that, at that, least different. At least different. That looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, if nothing else. Yeah, definitely. It's a um, solid team behind it, so I'm I'm down. But yeah, this one is like is is there anything like more specific uh, you want to discuss about this or can we kind of no no i was about to wrap up now (laughs) oh that's good that's good Uh, yeah yeah yeah. so who's who's gonna go first (laughs) uh yeah i might as well kick it up well no so thanks to lassa for for joining me again and for uh, sticking with me whilst i had my morns but he's brought some fantastic trivia so i'm quite happy about that (laughs) um no it's been a good chat lassa and a good laugh as always 
would you like to tell everybody where they can find your podcast and various projects and what kind of upcoming things you've got in the next uh, month or so? Uh, sure thing. I mean, like uh, to 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 come to my final thoughts first on this. Yeah, um, even though I, I've kind of said it, I think it's I, I think it's a wonderful film in so many aspects. I think it looks great. It sounds amazing. I think the actors all do a very good job um, in keeping with the intended tone. Um, yeah, it's 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 a perfect autumn film and a great Halloween movie because of the uh, you know of the pumpkin imagery and the it, the overall like you know the, the foggy forests and all of that. It's it's a wonderful autumn film, and one one of my favorite Danny Elfman scores. Uh, I, I think it's a really fun Johnny Depp performance. I think Tim Burton has like has a totally under control, uh, like directs very well. The movie knows what it is. It was a big hit also uh, of its time. So I think I think it's a I think it's still a great film. Like it, it has aged very well in in, in the sense. A really good wine does, in a way, a blood red wine. <laughs> oh right, you age like a fine wine. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's. I was meant to review it last year and went to watch it and just wasn't in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't review it in the end. But so it's been a long time coming for me to review this film. But it's, it stands up well. I sometimes worry when I go to to review a film I really like or that I've not seen in a while and yeah. have fond memories of because you watch it back and you go oh that wasn't as good as I remembered and then you've got to talk yeah. about it and you're like oh. you're, you're kind of afraid revisiting certain movies uh, because of that yeah you know? there's, certain, oh, there's certain films I won't do on this some of my favourites I won't touch because I don't want to because I don't want to watch them in that way like I the Shawshank Redemption the Shawshank Redemption is one of my favourite films but I will not review it on this because I I don't want to watch it and analyze it. If if that makes sense, I'd I don't. Watch I it. don't think you would have that problem because I think I think that's really it, it's one of the. It, it's an amazing movie, and I think the there's nothing. Also. There's nothing about it you have to be afraid of in terms of oh, this doesn't hold up in any way. Like well, I, I, actually, think I actually so, yeah. think, I actually think you would. You know, you would absolutely be able to, to to enjoy it and review it in that way but it, it's gonna be kind of like a boring review because what what else are you well yeah yeah you and your guest, I mean. you're just yeah. gonna gush about it constantly because it's just so great <laughs> yeah yeah exactly or, or like try to be make a jokey episode about it which you know it's not that kind of film is it so it's yes. like the certain films that i will probably review but i would probably do on my own yeah, like, that, that's fair enough. Some, you know, like like Schindler's List is a fantastic film. Do I ever want to do a review of it? I don't know. But if I ever did, it would be more of a historical one because of my history. Yeah, I it would. Do it would certainly be like an, this. It would certainly be an interesting challenge to review something like that. Yeah, but also, I mean, podcasts at their heart, uh, well, film podcasts are meant to be kind of entertaining, right? Bit informative, bit bit of banter between, you know, a bit of back and forth between between like the two, the two people who are doing it or the guests or whatever. Yeah, and you can't do jokes about yeah, Schindler's yeah. List. Well, no, no, no. Well, you, no, definitely not. And and it's like, what are you going to get from that? Like, I, It's like when I reviewed Blackfish, and it's probably one of the episodes I'm most proud of um, with John from Sense of Shelf Podcast because I, script, I didn't script the review, but I wrote so much down because I was so mindful you're talking about people who passed away and you don't know who listens to your podcast to go out there. It could end up, you know, you don't know where it could end up. So... I, I was very mindful and scripted it, and it was it was a good conversation, but it wasn't 
enjoyable to do. Not not my guess. I'm not talking about guess, but but it wasn't like you can just let loose like with this film where you can just kind of be like, oh, what about this? Well, it, it's not that kind of review. So mm-hmm. and it kind of it didn't put me off serious reviews, but it's like, yeah, there's certain things I probably wouldn't touch because it's like, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah, that's that's absolutely, that's um, absolutely so yeah. fair. No, and, I don't. I don't have a, sorry, sorry. Go on. Last, sorry. Oh no problem. And one last bit of uh, trivia which I discovered on my own. Because did you notice in the opening credits when Danny Elfman's name pops up, the music does like this huge crescendo. No, it's I really noticed that. Oh, when when you watch back, the, go go back and watch the opening credits, and yeah. when when it pops up, like music by Danny Elfman, in that moment the music goes ah. like dun, dun, and it's it's it it seems oh, you very. Yeah, it, it seems very deliberately done. Even like right. Tim Burton points that out in the audio commentary. All right. No, I'll. Well, I'm. I'm going back to 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 search the clip of the destroyed kind of uh, the little kind of watchtower they built because I want to see that. Yeah. So I'll. I'll really in the opening that. credits. But the the opening, I think the opening's iconic. You know, you've got, you know, this this like carriage trundling along, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's just great. The music, I can still hear it in my head. It's just also it's just and also. If you want to check uh, something out, I did a uh, Sleepy Hollow in five seconds video on YouTube, like one of those like comedic things where you kind of <laughs> where you pretend like this is the movie in in five seconds. And all I did was just I cut together all the clips of Christopher Walken yelling. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna send you a link on on Twitter. Maybe yeah, you can uh, yeah, he's, he's retweet got... it or something. Well, he's got uh, no we... lie. He's got no lines, has he? So. No, he has no lines at all. And is just yeah! brilliant. It's brilliant casting. It's, it's we barely talked about oh, him, yeah, but he's yeah. so it, it's so wonderful. Yeah, it, it's it's so great. But yeah, um, enough of that. Uh, in terms of my stuff, like my regular podcast is called Fans About Films. You can find it pretty much anywhere, including iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. I co-host It's Nice Christmas podcast by, with Lyle Perez. I do Track Swap, which has uh, some new episodes coming out, like a, a top nine of my favorite scores of uh, the year 2022, and uh, a new uh, regular episode with guest Edmund Minards, who has been on my show numerous times before. And what our score picks uh, gonna be, you uh, you can figure out by yourself when the episode is done. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for all the English stuff. And I have a YouTube channel, and if you want to check out the Movies in 5 Seconds stuff, you can find it on The Deppard. And that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, that's a, yeah, good collection you got growing there, Lasser. Um, <laughs> makes you feel very inadequate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, so you're listening to uh, Review It Yourself. You can. Uh, I'm Sean, by the way. If you hadn't already realised, you um, you can find us on Twitter. It's at yourself review. We're all uh, beware on Twitter actually, because there seems to be a bit of a a copycat thing going on. So yeah, so if bad. you're unsure about podcasts, just, just be careful. Just be wary. So we're on. We're on. Um, we're on Twitter. It's at yourself review. All one word. No undercurrents or anything. No no underscores or anything. Uh, under like whatever I can't remember what it's called, and you, that's good in it. It's it's review yourself podcast. Um, you'll see the logo on there and everything. So, uh, we're also on uh Instagram review yourself podcast twenty twenty one, and you can find us yeah pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening from Germany, 
Danke, because as I said last time, the German uh, viewers listenership has gone up. I don't think it's last time. I think it's me. I mean, listen to me. I mean, <laughs> probably. No, I'm ju- I, I jest. But no, it's, um, I think Germany are my fourth highest and, and have continued, you know, so it's it's nice to nice to have people listening. Um, and apologies, I can't do the same for your podcasts because I don't, I don't understand. That's all right. I mean, like some of my podcasts are in English, so it's safe to listen to. And uh, there's, there's another thing I think you wanted to ask me about like something yes, pumpkin related. Yes, yes. So we've kept it at the end. Well remembered because I'd forgotten. What did it watch it be pumpkin? What do they call pumpkins in Germany? Kürbis. How do you say it? Kürbis. Like it's it's like with a U with the um... Kürbis. Kürbis. Yeah, Kürbis. Yes. Ah, cool. There Kürbis you go. And uh, the, the the Halloween uh, the Halloween one where it's kind of like an American you know, jack o' lantern. With us, it's like you know, it's it's basically pumpkin lantern. So Kürbis Laterne. <laughs> oh, okay, right, oh, right, okay, that's, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It always sounds so alien when I do an English podcast and I use some German words. It sounds weird. Well, it's only because, oh, I was going to say, it's only because we've we've not had, well, part of the royal family, but we've not had like a, a Germanic influence on our language apart from, well, no, we haven't, like, there's a lot of French that's like, mm-hmm. that's like obviously with the French kings and whatnot, that kind of bled in. We've had European kind of influence from kind of the Danes and, and over that way, the Vikings and stuff, especially when you get further north, the Romans, the Italians. We we all have a bit of that. But in terms of the Germans, the other Germanic, if you will, not not a lot of it, even though the royal family is German. Well, the family and that. We don't have, we don't, there's not that kind of influence on the language, if that makes sense. Yeah, not that so, much. We're a couple of we're a couple of words we share, like kindergarten, for example. See, that's it. See, that's an American. That's an American thing. Yeah, so. that's more of an American thing. That's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, try to think now. There probably are. I'll probably stop and I'll be like, oh, this one and that one. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of things, but not not a lot. Like not compared to like the French stuff, but just because of the history. Um. I could make a joke, but I won't. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, it's a funny one, but to me, it's, it must be at least. You, I mean, it must be interesting to do them in different languages. So that must be pretty cool. I uh, yeah, but uh, no, okay. uh, yeah, it's it's always uh, cool to come up, uh, cool to have people uh, from different places on. And plus, it's such a good laugh. Last like I'm, I'm, I'm not like trying to collect countries or anything. It would both be the point in that? <laughs> yes you you are yes you are well maybe try to collect podcasters i don't know about anything else but uh, no it's uh it's all good fun but no cheers for cheers for uh for coming on and i don't know where i don't know where i'll edit the ending of this it it has been a pleasure as always like i'm 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 looking forward to come back the next time yeah yeah i'm sure i'm well yeah whenever you whenever you fancy i i've loved the time machine i got I've always enjoyed that film. Uh, yeah, it seems to be very kind of underrated. Like, I think don't think it did very well at the box of it and stuff like that. I don't think it's just, seen as particularly. I, good I mean, film. just recently it kind of popped into the the public conscience again, at least in my scene, because they released a expanded uh, score CD of it uh, like a few days ago. So ah. there's still there are still some people who who care at least about certain aspects of the film. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Hmm. 
so yeah, well, there's yeah, still yeah. something relevant uh, with it, at least with with that type of thing. But yeah, yeah, cool. Spotlight. Thank you, Lasse, and thank you to anybody for listening. Thank you too. Have a good day. <laughs> get it in, get it on, and enjoy the flog. Welcome to Film Vloggers. Oh, harder, Daddy. The only film review podcast, thankfully, that poses the question, does watching this film feel like flogging a dead horse? There he is, beating that dead horse! Introducing your hosts. First up, her Irish potty mouth turns the air a whole new shade of blue. It's Fiona. Say hello, Fiona. And why the f*** is Dan Mackers doing our intro? I want me gold! That's great. It's great. She's adorable. And your second host needs no introduction. The man, the myth, the legend. Like, I said I'd do this. I said I'd do this for you. I'm not reading this. It's the guy who waffles too much. It's Ben. Cooey! I'm making waffles. So what are you waiting for? Grab your whip, mount your dead horse, and let's get on with the flog, shall we?